But there's a secret ingredient. Oh. You get a can of creamed corn. This thing could be your food. Greetings, my fellow food and music connoisseurs. To this band could be your food. I am your host, Nathan Palin, the weekly podcast where we choose a band, look at their history, look at their sound, look at their everything, pick them apart, and put them back together in a food. Now, this week, we've sort of interrupted our trajectory. We've been um, kind of following a, a pattern. One band goes into the next. We decided to change course because we learned of the terrible news that the great Dusty Hill bass player ZZ Top has passed away. He died at the age of 72. Seemed like a real humble Texan, good bass player, nothing fancy, but a heck of a voice, a heck of a sound, and a heck of a good bandmate. The ZZ Top band as we know it has had the same members for longer than any band in history. So as of two weeks ago, their reign has unfortunately and tragically ended. I found it only fitting for us to dedicate an episode as soon as we could to the legacy of Dusty Hill and ZZ Top alike. So I dialed up my good friend Nate Hall, who lives out in Queens, another Wisconsin expat. Him and I have seen a ton of bands together. I knew he was just the man for the job. So let it be done. ZZ Top is going to be the first Texas band we've ever done. And I got to say, I'm a big fan of Texas cuisine. You can fill the Alamo from top to bottom with all the delicious Texas food that there is out there. And we're going to discuss it. We're going to discuss Dusty Hill, the history of ZZ Top, some crazy facts you may or may not have known. So on with the show, ZZ Top. I like that I dressed up in a shirt for an audio medium. Yeah. And this big long beard is also very, very unneeded. Yeah. Yeah. Unnecessary. Well, we are both a couple of short bearded men. Yes. Well, it's pretty unfortunate about uh, Dusty Hill, Mm -hmm. otherwise known as Joe. Joe? That's his name. Oh, Joseph. Yeah, Joseph. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I I, I saw his full name, but I didn't remember it. I was like, there's no point. Yeah. <laughs> it's Dusty Hill. He's not known for that. Yeah. Uh, he only used, he only went by that name, as far as I know, when he uh, went back to work during ZZ Top's break. Oh, when he worked at the He worked at the airport. Dallas airport. Yes. Yeah. He got a job at the Dallas airport, and so he got a work shirt that said Joe on it. Which, which is, is his real name. name. Yeah. Yeah. And he, and he went unrecognized. That's pretty baller that Yeah, that's that. pretty funny. Yeah. yeah. Mean, I'd love to do that. Yeah, the great Dusty Hill. Like Jimmy Page could go uh, do plumbing, yeah. Start doing plumbing on his days off. That'd be great. <laughs> well, Jack White, you know, before starting the band, was a uh, upholsterer. Yeah, upholsterer. That's right. Yeah, upholsterer is that the correct term? Upholsterer sounds right to me. Okay, I wouldn't know. <laughs> he I did upholstery. I don't know anybody in that field. No, I, I have an uncle who. Uh, what do you call it when you when you get dead animals and you you make them taxidermy? Taxidermy. I don't know. Goes into taxidermy. Oh, sweet. Yeah, he's not alive anymore, though. I wonder if that has something to do with it. Is he taxidermied somewhere? Uh, <laughs> uh, no, he's is, not. Is wheel him out for Christmas? Yeah, prop him up. By the- <laughs> that is terrible. Here comes Uncle Joe. <laughs> yeah, man. So uh, trying to figure out what 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 ZZ Top was kind of difficult. 
It's not too difficult because ZZ Top is such a food band. When we decided to do them, um, I got yeah. very excited because there was a lot of possibilities. Very Tons. tasty possibilities. Yes. And those Be- are all possibilities that I like a lot. For sure. Yeah. They're a Texas band. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you've got all that Texas food. So you think like Tex-Mex. There is um, brisket, the barbecue, the whole barbecue yeah. thing. Well, you start off, you have... a. Uh, the, the album Tres Hombres, which had the gatefold of <laughs> all that beautiful Mexican food. One of the best gatefolds ever. Yes. It's just like a True. giant trough of Mexican food. Yep. From yeah. uh, a place called Leo's Mexican Restaurant, which is now defunct and closed. Oh, that's yes. too bad. That's where it came from. But the, the gatefold just looks yummy. Even though the picture was taken back in the 70s, yeah. it still looks very delicious. Does, yes. And it's, they say it's really difficult to, to photograph food. That's what they've said, but I mean, mm-hmm. it seems like a lot of Instagrammers have taken that to be part of their life yeah, the, style, taking pictures of the food they're eating. The lighting isn't very good in the gatefold, but it still looks great. Yeah. I would yeah. just smash my face into that. For sure. Eat it all. Yeah. I mean, they're very food, even to this day, like Billy Gibbons, Billy F. Gibbons, mm-hmm. um, he, he like most recently has invested in a new Mexican restaurant. I think it's in L.A. God, what's the name of the thing? So it's, it's a play on words off of queso, like Justin Queso. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I hope so. I yeah. hope it's that. I Justin hope, Queso. I hope it's that. Yeah, yeah. And I guess they have a multiple selection of quesos that you can order from, um, among among other tasty treats. Be disappointing if they had no queso. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just why in case. Why do people keep asking for queso? <laughs> it's just a joke. <laughs> it's yeah. a pun. It's a pun. Come on. Yeah. Billy Gibbons is a big connoisseur of, of Mexican food. Loves Mexican food. His favorite is uh, mole. Mole? Yeah. Hmm. When he goes to a restaurant, if he, he knows that it's a good place if they've got a good mole. And, the, and, and then he gets really excited if they've got multiple moles. I'm interrupting the podcast, not with a fact, but with an idea. Perhaps Billy Gibbons' next restaurant should be called Holy Moly, right, Mike? Yeah. Have you ever had mole? Um, I've had it. Um, I'm not a fan of mole. Yeah, I don't get it. Yeah, I, I, it's the flavoring that I just don't get. Yeah. It's, yeah. A little, it's a little sweet at times, and yeah, it's a little odd to me. Yeah, I don't particularly care. I don't care for an overly sweet kind of food i keep getting and thinking like one day i'm gonna understand this yeah i'm very sensitive to cinnamon and nutmeg and then the mole just ranks right and up in there oh, somewhere it's and it's too just, far it's too far yeah it just overtakes my taste buds too much yeah it's too much but there's so many possibilities the, the whole palette of texas texas has this big thing i also wanted to make sure that we picked the right one so i took a look of like all the texas artists when I was trying to decide. Um, because the first food I thought of was beef brisket. Mm-hmm. To me, they are a beef brisket band. Yeah, they yeah. have, um, I think on their first album, they have a song, Barbecue. Yeah. Um, they have a, a box set called uh, Chrome Smoke and Barbecue. Yeah. So it's a, it's a bit so of a theme. there you go, yeah. yeah. Um, there's also that, that little tidbit when they were recording their first album, they were trying to get their sound correct. So the guy who was recording for them, um, was working with their manager, and their manager said, we want no overdubs. We want it to just be the trio, and that's it. And this was at Robin Hood Studios. Where is Robin Hood Studios? Do you know? Yeah, I'm assuming it was Texas, yeah. Yep, it's in Texas, right across the street from the Walmart. Not the Walmart, a Walmart, in Tyler, Texas, which is right next to Chapel Hill. 
not the Chapel Hill, but a Chapel Hill, Chapel Hill, Texas. Texas is so big, they have duplicates of all the cities in America. But this one is in between Dallas and Houston, prime ZZ Top locale. And now you know. Because the manager was breathing down the neck of the producer, uh, the producer had his idea that he, he told Billy Gibbon, the way that we're going to get the right sound is if we re- double track the re- guitar. And this is a very common way to record guitars, is that you record the same guitar twice. Um, and essentially, what they wanted to do is record it once and then make the guitar slightly out of tune. And then when you play the two tracks on top of each other, they'll become just sort of bigger, sort of give it a little bit of a chorusy effect or like a 12-string guitar effect. But since the manager wouldn't let him do it in front of his eyes, he just told the manager, hey, we're getting hungry. Can you go get some barbecue? There's a place across the street. It's real good, and I love it. And so he said, okay. So he gave him the name of the place and then found out that the place was actually about 35 minutes away. So then he drove there to get the barbecue. By the time he got back, they had recorded all of these double guitar tracks without telling him. And he walked through the door and he said, that's it. This is the sound. This is so wonderful. So anyways, barbecue was very responsible for the sound of. Very true. Uh, in, in a roundabout way. But the thing is, ZZ Top, to me, b- requires the number three in it. Like ZZ Top is three dudes. Mm-hmm. So their biggest album, Trace Hombres. I don't know if that was their biggest album. It's their best album. It is their best album, yeah. It's not their best-selling album, but it is their best album. It was their first, it was their breakthrough album. Mm -hmm. It's the one that has LaGrange in it, their very first hit. Uh, But top to bottom, the record's great. But all their records are, well, not all of their records, but I was listening to the first one, uh, conveniently titled ZZ Top's First Album. Mm -hmm. That is the name of the record. (laughs) A lot of thought went into that one. Yes, They, they named it that because they said, well, if we name it this, then we'll definitely have to make a second one. (laughs) (laughs) and how you know at that point smart yeah Yeah. right they're just like yeah this immense this immense our legacy is being at least a two album band as you know they got many lives in in zz top which is incredible for like a a three-piece blues rock band yeah yeah a little old band from texas a little old band from texas that's right i i wanted to do brisket but then it occurred to me that we needed to get the number three in there, and, and, and so I didn't want to do like a three-meat barbecue, which actually I thought would have been a really appropriate thing to do because Houston happens to be the largest restaurant dining capital of America. It turns out that the people in Houston are pound for pound paid more for their blue-collar jobs, and so they have the extra income to go to restaurants frequently. Not only that, the restaurants in Houston are actually cheaper than other places, so it's a really good economy. Yeah, good, they don't have the food economy. Yeah, they don't have to pay state taxes either in Texas. Oh, they really? Oh, yeah. They're like their own country there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Very true. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They say that the kids that go to school before they learn American history, they learn Texas history. Yes. It's part of the deal. Uh, so then I thought chili. And there is a specific chili, Texas chili. Mm-hmm. And since we got to make it in three, and we can't put a th- we can't make a three bean chili because Texas chili does has no beans. No beans. It's no not beans. considered chili if it's got beans in it. Nope. But you can put three meats in there. Mm-hmm. So we've got CZ Top's Texas style three meat chili. Here we go. As we do this, we're appropriately we're drinking some Lone Star beer. 
from the great state of Texas. I was very surprised I was able to find it, but yeah, I did. I mean, did you, were you looking for, did you know, mm-hmm. have you had this before? I've had it before. It's, okay. It's a beer to have on a warm day, which I think is every day in Texas. Mm, that's true. When I think Texas beer, I think Shiner Bach. Yeah, I love that. That's my favorite. That's but I wanted to go for something different, something more general. So yeah. I went, went for the Lone Star. And it's, the price was right. <laughs> yes, which is very difficult when it comes to organic bodegas in Greenpoint, New York City. <laughs> there was nothing in there that was organic. Rare, rarely, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's just a word they use. Mm-hmm. It, yeah, it's thrown around. That means we can charge a little bit more. But anyways, we got a reasonably priced beer from Texas, and that's amazing. So anyways, the story is ZZ Top. I'll start off with one of my favorite little antidotes about ZZ Top. Before ZZ Top started, there was another band that the rhythm section were in. Did you know about this? Dusty Hill and Frank Beard, uh, the beardless member of, of, of ZZ Top, were in a band called The Zombies. Not the hmm. real zombies. Back in the day, The Zombies had put out a second record, and it wasn't doing very well. So they quit. They decided not to do anymore. The Zombies are a band. They had the song, uh, It's the Son of the Season for Loving. Were they from the England? They were from, from the England. Jolly from the, old England. The England, yes. Yeah, the England. So all of a sudden that season song takes off and there is no... No zombies. There's no zombies to play. So this management company called Delta decided to put together another Zombies to tour around the United States and play the zombies music. What's really funny about it is they put together a Texas version and a Michigan version. So both of them simultaneously were touring around pretending they're the zombies. Now, the Texas version featured two <laughs> members of ZZ Top. Those two, Frank Beard and and Dusty Dusty Hill or Joe Joe Hill. And uh, you know, the, back in those days there was no internet obviously, so they were totally able to do it, and nobody knew in England. The zombies didn't know what was happening. The zombies didn't even know that they were taking off in America. They didn't know that their singles were were becoming big radio hits. Wow. Yeah. So anyway, so this band goes around, and they're a four-piece. Now, the zombies are originally a five-piece, and one of the big components of their band is organ. So this new zombies didn't have an organ player. It was like two guitars, (laughs) bass, and drums. And everybody would say, well, where's the organ player? And they say, ah, he's in jail. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. That's a good excuse. Yeah. So so they they continued they continued to do this and then there was a certain point where the zombies sort of caught wind of it and they said, you know, like they they wanted to go back on tour and they said, "Well, how do we know you're the real zombies?" Because there's there's this other American zombies. So they said, "Well, I guess we're going to have to make another record." Oh, so they wow. got back together and did another record so they could keep being the, being the zombies. Now, at this time, the two guys of the 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 ZZ Top guys that are in this band, they're like 17 years old. 18 years old, they're just super excited to have a, a job, a gig. They don't, they don't really care. Mm-hmm. But, but um, meanwhile, Billy Gibbons has his own little psychedelic rock band called the Moving Sidewalks, mm-hmm. which they sort of stole because there was a band called the 13th Floor Elevators. And so he was like, well, they're going up, so we're going to go out. So they named their band the Moving Sidewalks. And that's where it started. Um, I don't really remember how he left that band, but um, well, they had the the moving sidewalks. They had uh, their they had one hit called the 99th floor. Yep, which sort of tied into the the elevator yeah, band. Yeah, um, and then Billy Gibbs. I'm not sure how the moving sidewalks ended, but then he started ZZ Top yeah. with uh, 
three guys. Yeah, initially, guys. initially it was an organ trio. Oh yeah, organ trio. Yeah, so organ player, completely like different sound. Guitar, drums, and organ. Yeah, and I think they they recorded something. I think they had like a minor Texas hit. Mm-hmm. Then the keyboard player left. I forget why. He got drafted. He got drafted. Both guys. Um, yeah, he got drafted. All right, close but no cigar. What happened is two members of the Moving Sidewalks got drafted, the keyboard player and the bass player, leaving just the drummer and Billy to be the only two members left. That's why they started ZZ Top in the first place. They then hired Lanier Grieg, who ended up leaving the band for creative differences, which you can hear, I think, in their first single called Salt Lick. Rumor has it it's got a bit of a different sound, an organ trio sound. Anyways... He leaves, they bring in Billy Etheridge, who says, hey, you gotta meet my buddy Frank Beard. He's a drummer, just moved here from Dallas, and he's killer. So this is how everything is set into motion. Carry on. So yeah, so Frank comes to town, he's, he sees that they need a new drummer, and they jam, and he said that uh, their jam lasted... Well, they played, and then they had a bass player, and then the bass player left, and then... Uh, Did they? Yeah. I, oh. And then Beard said, well, I know this other bass player. Yeah. And so he called up Dusty Hill. Dusty Hill came on down. Um, they got together. They Gibbons looked at everybody and said, let's do a shuffle and see. And they say the shuffle and see lasted three hours. <laughs> and when they finally pulled that, uh, that shuffle and see over to the curb, Billy looked at them and said, this is going to work. Yeah. And so, uh, yeah, they set out to record their first album after that. Yeah. ZZ Top's first album. And that started in 1969. And all three of those members have been in the group since 1969. And it's, it's sad, you know, to see that legacy finally come to an end with the passing of Dusty Hill. But they went 50, 52 years. Their first show, their first show was 1970, technically. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. February of 1970. Uh, famously, what had happened is they were booked somewhere uh, to play their first show, and then there were... There were curtains, you know, back in the old days, they would put curtains in front of the stage. And then when it was time for the band to play, they would open the curtains. So they opened up the curtains and there was one guy in attendance. And the one guy was looking around like, am I supposed to be here right now? Uh, but ZZ, and so that he was going to walk away and, and ZZ Top was like, no, 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 wait, wait we got to play our songs for you. So they started playing their songs and the dude really loved them. And then uh, they, they did an hour. And after an hour, they, they bought the guy Coke. For sticking around. For sticking around, <laughs> watching the show. And then they played him an encore. <laughs> it wasn't asked for, yeah. but they played him for, played for him anyway. Yeah, and that guy still goes to, to, to this day, goes to ZZ Top shows. Mm-hmm. And he says, he says they won't tell him his name, mm-hmm. but he's just, he'll show up and be like, hey, remember me? Like, yep, I'm we the remember guy. you. You're, you're the guy. guy. You're the guy. You're the guy. Oh, it is so funny. That guy should get free tickets. Totally should get free tickets. Yeah. So then at that point, ZZ Top was working their butt off. They were touring all over the place, just around the United States, I think. Um, a lot of the, mostly in Texas, and then they started branching out to Louisiana and Oklahoma, and um, they weren't doing any television spots because yeah. the manager wouldn't let them. Yeah. Part of their mystique was done by their manager. The manager told them not to do any press, not to do any interviews, not... So there was no, like those first albums, there's no visual of them. No, it's... um. Well, except there was visuals, but on the back there was a there's like a picture of them. There was a water paint, uh, water, water painting, painting, yeah, on the first album. The second album, they're on the cover, but you can't really see them because they're in the river. And the second album was called yep. uh, Rio Grande Mud, Rio Grande Mud, after the river. 
So their second album was Rio Grande Mud. And it's good. It's, it's um, well, where their first album, um, ZZ Top's first album, was very raw, very uh, bar band-like in blues um, with Rio Grande Mud. Um, you can see that they're getting, a, they're, they're getting their groove. They're getting a little bit tighter. The production's a little bit better. Um, their songwriting's getting a little bit better. Yeah. Um, they're, it's a, they're good blues rock band um, albums. Listen to it real quick. Francine's a great song. Yeah. It sounds pretty good. Just just got paid. It was their hit. Just got paid was their hit. Was the single, yeah. Oh yeah. So yeah, we just put it up on Spotify and listened to it on our headphones while we were doing the podcast. It's pretty good. Yep. Nothing else. Chevrolet is a Dusty Hill song. There's barbecue. There's a song called Barbecue. You know what it does? You know what it sounds like? It sounds like ZZ Top. Yeah. Exactly uh, like ZZ Top. The first album. Oh, yeah. All the albums sound like ZZ Top. <laughs> they do. It's, yeah. It's it's crazy about that, Ben. I, like, I, when did you start liking ZZ Top? Were you well, were you into it out of the gate? Um, When I was young, I was watching a lot of MTV. Yeah, MTV me too. MTV was pretty much my, my babysitter. Yeah. Like, I would just watch it all day. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, um, Watching ZZ Top videos uh, just filled my adolescent desires. Yes. Watching those videos with those women in them. Yes. And uh, yeah, it was yeah, good, it was, good it, grooves too. For sure. Like that one in the Robert Palmer video were very exciting. Mm-hmm. When we exactly. Were, when we were that age. <laughs> <laughs> but but did you like it? Um, yeah, I loved it. Yeah. Really? But I didn't really delve into it too much. Um, uh my dad was listening to a lot of uh, Rolling Stones and Jimi Hendrix, so I steered that way more. Okay. Yeah, he didn't. I don't. He did not have any uh, ZZ Top albums. My parents did not either. My dad's friend Larry, who I might give a call later, mm-hmm. is one of the biggest ZZ Top fans ever. Really? Yeah. I mean, he's he's in his seventies now, uh, but I, I, I. So are the guys in ZZ Top. Yeah, exactly. Right? Yeah. So there you go. He might have like seen the early, early, early. Maybe he went to the big Texas show. Oh. So so one of the funniest shows that that once ZZ Top started getting bigger, they started they did this big Texas tour. So the Worldwide Texas Tour. Worldwide Texas Tour, thank you. They brought Texas animals with them, including vultures. They Buffalo. They, a buffalo. Uh, rattlesnakes. Longhorn steers. Longhorn steers. They played on a stage that was the shape of Texas. Mm-hmm. Yes, they uh, had to move this whole Texas circus. They have like they had plants, cactuses, and all that on stage. Also, they had wagon wheels, and to move this whole Texas circus, they had fourteen different uh, semi trucks that were all painted in a panorama of the Texas skyline. It's ridiculous. Yeah, yeah, it's a lot of lot of uh, yeah, a lot of money wasted. I yes. think uh, the stage itself. Said it uh, cost a hundred thousand dollars, which in the seventies was a lot of money. I mean, they didn't have that many hits at that point. No, that was um, that album that that tour came in uh, 76, 77. That came right after uh, Fandango came out. Okay, yeah. And between one of the legs, they stopped and they uh, recorded uh, Tejas. Wow, while they were on tour. While between yeah. Okay. Be- between uh, I think between the second and the third le- leg or something like that. All right. All right. But uh, Fandango was out for the year before they even started the tour. Mm, okay. So we have uh, the first album. We have Rio Grande Mud. Then we have Tres Hombres. Yep. 
which was their um, breakout album. Yeah. The first one to go gold had a lot of good hits on it. So, yeah, so many good songs. Wait for the bus. The Grange. Uh, and, something uh, about Chicago. Um, uh, uh, waiting for the bus, and then Jesus, Jesus um, uh, left Jesus for Chicago. Le- Jesus left Chicago, which yeah. are two songs. They are right back to back. If you listen to it, mm-hmm. uh, which was a mistake when they were recording that record and and they were putting the songs together. Back in those days, they used to use actual tape is how they recorded their stuff. So they would have a multi-track recording, and then they would put it down into two. And then when they'd add the two, they would physically slice the tape and then tape the pieces back together. And they forgot to put the pause between the two songs. So one song goes directly into the next song. And it was completely by accident, but ZZ Top listened to it, and they said, hey, that's that's pretty good. Let's do that. It does work very well. It works very well. And so to this day, when they perform those songs live, they don't perform one without the other, and they just go right into the next song. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, little tidbit. But um, yeah, after Trace Ombres, Fandango, um, they recorded Fandango, which is uh, half, the first half is live. Yep, and the second half is all uh, new material. Yep, including Tush. Yep, yep. Um, what do you think hit. of that album? What do you Fandango? Think of, yeah, I think it's great. Do you think the con- the consistency at right from live to studio works? It it seems like it's two half records. Mm-hmm. It does. It doesn't feel like. Like it's a full record. I mean, it's you know really weird to have a half live record, half studio record. Yeah, they the, Neil Young did that a lot of times. Like he would throw a live version in there or whatever because yeah. it's probably the best. Like, oh, this is a great live version. We'll never rec- uh, capture this sure. in the studio. Yeah, and like, and like they did like Jailhouse Rock on there. Mm-hmm. You know, is, is one of the live songs. And Dusty Hill was a huge Elvis fan. Oh yeah, big 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 Elvis fan. And he sense. actually sang that song on that album. Really? Yeah, that's Dusty. Oh wow! Oh yeah! Oh, Dusty, of course. Yeah, I was get, I was getting Dusty and Frank confused. Oh no, <laughs> Frank was <laughs> Frank was a fan of the substances. Yes, very much so. In fact, after they did their big Texas tour, uh, which I'm not sure how long it went for, probably till the till '77. Yeah, they did 70s. they did five legs of it all in the U.S. Okay. They were going to do um, a leg in Europe, Japan, um, and Australia. But they couldn't do that because um, the Buffalo couldn't get past customs. <laughs> of course. Yeah, you have all these weird animals going there. You can't. You know, you can't take them into Europe. You can't take them. To yeah, Japan of course you can't. You can't. You can't like bring a prosciutto from one country to another country. Yeah. Like, why would you be able to bring a live <laughs> buffalo? <laughs> exactly. So they had to cancel those tours. So they just did five leg, five second, five separate legs in um, the United States. Yeah. So, anyways, so they get done with their Texas tour, and then uh, then they just have to take a break because Frank is really into the heroin. Yep, and among other things. Well, they've they've been uh, touring and working for seven years straight. Yeah. So they need a break, and they go, "Well, uh, let's take a ninety day break." Yeah. So they're going to take a break for three months. Yeah. So Frank goes into rehab. Mm-hmm. Frank the drummer. He says, "I need some time." Yeah. Manager says, "Take all the time you need." Uh, Dusty gets a job at the uh, <laughs> the Dallas airport. Mm-hmm. <laughs> for whatever reason, and then uh, Billy Gibbons goes to Britain. Yep, he goes. He goes to Europe. Yeah, and and he starts watching punk rock shows. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and um, they thought it was going to be three months, and then it was yeah six ninety months, days, yeah. and then uh, yeah, it's two years, and they're like, okay, it's time to come back. Yeah, and then they came back, and uh, they looked at each other, and uh, Billy Gibbs and uh, Dusty Hill had these long beards going on. Yeah, yeah. They grew them Coincidentally, into, and, yeah, grew neither them in. neither one of them thought like they were just being lazy and just mm-hmm. not shaving the beards. And then all of a sudden, 
bam, they yeah. have a look. Yeah, and then the the drummer had a beard, but uh, his was kind of small, so he was like, oh, let's get rid of it. Yeah, and you know his name is Frank Beard, so who cares? Yeah, so now uh, the, the the iconic uh, ZZ Top look is now established. Okay, here's the part we talk about them switching labels. They record two more records, including the hits Tube Snake Boogie and Pearl Necklace, and uh, we discuss the true meaning behind those songs, and that'll be in the members-only bonus episode. Until then, let's skip to their next huge record. After those two albums, then they go into the studios and uh, start recording uh, Eliminator. Yes, their big breakthrough. And it was a super big departure and a big risk because up to this time, I mean, they were doing their blues thing and Billy started to get really inspired by what was going on with the punk scene and starting to turn into the new wave scene. So they start bringing in synthesizers because they're just like, you know, we can't do the shuffle and see forever. We got to try something new. So they, they try something new. And at the exact same time, MTV's happening. Mm-hmm. And I love the story about them seeing MTV for the first time. <laughs> Frank Beard is watching MTV and and like just whatever, flipping through the channels. And then all of a sudden there's like a bunch of music videos on. He's like, hey, this is a really great program. And then he calls up, he calls up one of the guys like like Dusty. He's like, hey, Dusty, check this out. There's this show on where they're, they're playing a bunch of music. And it's like, wow, this is great. And they're like watching it and it's like going on for three, four hours. Like, when's this going to be over? And then, and then they call they call up the other guy and it's like pretty soon it's like four in the morning. They're like, this show, this show is really long. I don't, you know. <laughs> soon they realize it's a channel that's not going to stop. But yeah. those old guys. Yeah. Yeah. So they get super inspired by watching the videos. And so they decide they want to make their own videos. So the video they saw was for Randy Newman's I Love LA. So they call up the director of that which happens to be the cousin of of Randy Newman, which I forget what his name is, Paul Newman. No, it's not Paul Newman. <laughs> <laughs> no. And then they make a delicious dressing. Yes. Yes. Balsamic. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, they, they say, okay, we want to make a video, and this is what we want. We want a car, and we want girls. And so he's like, all right. So they put it together, and you get the first, uh, give me all your loving. And it's those guys at a gas station, and there's a gas station attendant, and the girls come out of the fancy car, and meanwhile, ZZ Top's in the back sort of playing their guitars, doing their ZZ Top thing. And and they have a recipe for like the next century of videos that they make mm-hmm. here on in. They have that car, they've got the girls, and then they start to transition into like turning these little three-minute songs into like little movies where it's where they they find somebody who's in trouble and they like ZZ Top comes in and saves them, you know, like yeah. legs. There's the there's the girl who's not getting respect, putting on shoes for all these rich people, and then ZZ Top comes in, and then all of a sudden, you know, they she's give her a, hot, a makeover and she's it, a hot woman with yeah, so much power. A, yeah, and then 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 she ends up uh, going on a date with the guy who, who's the, the gas station attendant. So, I don't know. And then they have a sharp dressed man too. Yeah. Was another one of those. Yeah, yeah, exactly. They get the guy. They they all you got to do is put on some nice clothes, listen to Easy Top, and then everything is going to change for you. Yeah, with all, with all the synthesizers and Eliminator, they um they said that uh, Depeche Mode was actually an influence. Really? Mm-hmm. That's what Billy Gibbs said. I believe it. Yeah. So we're doing, with all that new age stuff, uh, Depeche Mode was an influence for Eliminator. It's insane. Mm-hmm. They just don't get the credit that they deserve. You, it, it, because you look at them, they're wearing these cowboy hats, at least back in the day. I mean, they still do. But originally, they would come out just dressed up like cowboys. I mean, this was kind of their gimmick, is people, like, if they were opening up from some band, they'd, you know, reveal the curtains, and then they'd see those guys like, oh, great, country music. 
And then they start playing ZZ Top music, which I don't know. It's cool. It's great. It's transcendent. Yeah. And it's, that um and that album went uh, diamond. Diamond, really? Yeah, it's totally mm-hmm. diamond. Wow. One of their videos got video of the year on MTV. Mm-hmm. Was it Legs? Yes. Yes. Video of the year. So that album really opened them up and made them a big, big deal. And uh, part of the... Um, and then they were finally able to start touring in Europe. Yep. They didn't go to Europe until 1980, actually. That was their <laughs> first appearance. They were on uh, the music te- the German music television show Rock Blast. Rock Palast. You know that show? No, I missed great it. show. I missed it. <laughs> I, I couldn't saw, get the subtitles on it. Yeah, <laughs> I saw Jay Giles was on it, so I was I was really into Jay Giles for a band, for for a spell, and they were on that show. Just all those bands back in those days. That was on American TV. No, it was on German TV. Oh, yeah, it's a German tele. Well, I didn't watch it at the time. Okay. I watched it on YouTube. It sounded like you were when watching I, it in the past. No, the way was, you presented it, I was going down the Jay Giles rabbit hole. Okay. As you do. And then all of a sudden, you, then you find the, in the ger- morning. Then you find the German stuff. And then it gets really crazy. <laughs> yes. And, and then, then you're you, glad it's You have feelings that you've never know you didn't know that you had about yes. certain about certain bands. And leading hose. Talking about bands. And leading hose. <laughs> yeah. Anyways. Um, but yeah, that's that's easy top in a nutshell. Yeah. And then they came out Afterburner, which is super synthesized. Yep. And then uh Recycler and then a couple other albums and they came out with a total of 15 albums and they were together for 51, 52 years. And one of the, well, they are the, the longest running band with the original lineup there. It's not the original lineup though. Well, not the the original classic lineup, lineup. classic lineup. Yes. Well, with the same lineup, no other band has lasted that long with the same lineup. Yeah. Not even rush. Not rush. Yeah. Yeah. Another band who doesn't have the original members. Neil Peart, the drummer of everyone knows, the drummer of Rush, was mm-hmm. not on their first record. Oh, really? Yeah, they had one one other guy, and then that guy did, couldn't cut it, and then they brought in that other guy. The golden boy who wrote all their songs. The golden boy. He wrote other lyrics. Other lyrics, yes. We'll, we'll talk about Rush on another day. Yeah. Rush comes up a lot, <laughs> so it seems seems destined to do it. That's going to be a five-part show. It's Yeah, it's going to be too long, <laughs> just like... Most rush songs. Most, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, I'm getting hungry. Would you like some? Would you like some chili? Oh well. Are there? Is there anything else we need to talk about? Oh no. Is, is there? Are there three things in the chili? There are three meats in the chili. Mm. What are the meats? Well, I'm not. Or is that a surprise? That's going to be. Well, you didn't. I'll tell you what three meats are in. I, I don't. I don't think I picked the right meats. <laughs> two of them. Two of them are perfect. Is one of them chorizo? One of them should have been chorizo. Okay. I couldn't find chorizo, so I put andouille in it, and that was not the right sausage. Okay. Well, let, um, you I, be the judge. I'm going to try it out. I'm sure I'm going to love it, but yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Good. I'm starving. Let's get some chili. Let's do it. Boom. Stood for forever, but you handed me an ultimatum. Took back the flowers and a whole tomato bag of sessions. Smoked up the cigarettes and added me an empty bag and tucked up a smoke screen that you never look back from. Okay. Mm-hmm. So this is the this is the three meat chili. The three meats are. Pieces of, I just got like stewed, like stewed beef chunks. Mm-hmm. So it was already cut up. 
I put those in. I got a I got an unsliced hunk of bacon. So I cut that into cubes. And then um, as I said, I used Andulia sausage, which I'm is fine. I wanted to use chorizo. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also thought I also thought to use pork tenderloin. I saw some people use pork tenderloin, but I I, I don't know. I couldn't I wasn't convinced. I think I would have went with the chorizo. The chorizo. If would you want like a Texas kind of chili? Yeah, I would go with the chorizo. Yeah, that would have been the, that would have really tied in the whole Tex-Mex thing too. Mm-hmm. That's right. So we have decided to put in a, a big hunk of cornbread that I made. Um, let me tell you my cornbread recipe. What you do is you buy a cornbread, a pre-made cornbread packet that you know you just have to add eggs and and. Yeah, but there's a secret ingredient. Oh, you get a can of creamed corn, and you oh. put that in instead of your milk. Oh, yeah. So I put creamed corn in there, some oil, an egg. You know, you mix that together. Yeah, it's great. Oh. So we'll see if it's good. And I just just threw that right into this chili because Texas chili does not have beans, so it doesn't have a whole lot. You know, other than meat, meat and peppers and tomato sauce. That that's kind of the Texas chili style. Not sure why, but that's what it is. It's all you had on the range, I guess. Yeah. I'm going to have a bite because mm-hmm. I'm starving. Here we go. Meat is very tender. Mm-hmm. It's very good. Yeah. It cooked a good long time. That's the way to do it. That's what makes gives it makes it tender. It's good. Yeah, it was. It could even cook for longer. They say, like, mm. you know, if you can get so, so far as the meat chunks start to, like, dissolve into the food, oh. There's some great flavors too, and you got in here. Thank you. All right. Well, speaking of three, there is another trio of like little hidden flavors that you put in chili as well. At least I always do. And it's your sweet, your spicy, and your bitter. And don't forget the bitter. This bitter has two tablespoons of unsweetened cocoa. Oh. Yeah. It has that. It's got two tablespoons also of brown sugar. I usually I usually put maple syrup in, in everything, but I, I I've got too much brown sugar because I bought a big Costco size thing of of brown sugar before the pandemic, and now I'm not baking anymore, and I've got to get through it. <laughs> you use what you got, run. Use house. what you got exactly. That's the good thing about chilies. There's always things around. Okay. If you don't have trees, so what, you can use andouille. Yes, that's right. So the recipe is this: you get your you get about three pounds of meat, three to four pounds of meat. Um, it's mostly the beef. Um, I did not put ground beef. I kind of got the impression that ground beef was not your your go to Texas chili meat. Mm-hmm. They like chunks of meat. Yeah, I think the cubed meat, the cubed beef, was a good idea. Yes, thank you. Good choice. Thank you. So you get that. Uh, we did the beef. We did the chicken. Let's say chorizo. Let's say there's chorizo in this. Uh, you you get that into your the pot that you're going to cook everything into, and you you brown that. You brown that. You cook that for probably fifteen minutes, something like that. With some oil, or I put a little bit of a little bit of oil, but because I had bacon, I'm already going to be sitting sitting in a lot of fat, anyways. I I ended up pouring out about a cup of of juices out of that pan, um, just from the meat that was cooking. So you cook that down, then you remove those pieces and put them to the side. How long did you cook it? About fifteen minutes. 15. About fifteen minutes. Yeah. Um, I think long enough so that the. I mean, I was hoping to get a sear. But I didn't get a sear, but I don't think it really matters. But a sear would have been nice. It would have been nice to get like a nice, you know, crispy, you know, side of beef. Mm-hmm. Um, but whatever, it's up to you. Whatever you want to do. I ha- I have thought to 
to keep cooking the meat in in like a like a cast iron skillet to sort of get that, but I don't know. I didn't have a lot of time today. <laughs> After you do that, you've got all those flavors sitting in your pan. You dice up an onion and you start uh, sweating that onion. Put the onion in in the juices. Uh, as I said, I took the juices out of the pan. I had like a cup of them, so I kind of used that to continue to to keep the pan wet. Um, just a little bit of oil. Then I chopped up some garlic, about five cloves of garlic. I chopped up one jalapeno, mm-hmm. and I think that I should have put two jalapenos in. Did you leave? Uh, did you use the um, seeds? The seeds did or not. No? Did not. Okay. Nope. Took the seeds out. One half I kind of made bigger pieces, and then the other half I, I sort of diced up, or pretty small. So you get those two guys going, and then you can start putting in your seasonings. Uh, for my seasoning, I put in two tablespoons of chili powder, two tablespoons of paprika. If you have smoked paprika, that's a real good choice. I did a tablespoon of dried oregano. I did two tablespoons of, as I said, cocoa to give it that bitterness. Um, you can also use coffee. Um, and it's really amazing. I remember making a chili and I and, and I, I scoffed at the idea. And as I was making, I just sort of left that out and I kept tasting it. I'm like, it's missing something. It's missing something. And then I, I put that in and it just gave it all this texture and this bottom and this like roundness. So, so super good. So... So anyways, uh, yeah, we got that. Salt and pepper to your likings. But if you're doing bacon, you probably don't have to put any salt in it. Mm-hmm. But black pepper is always really nice. And then what else? Uh, a tablespoon of cumin, two tablespoons of brown sugar. Um, the spice, I also put I also put a can of, of chipotle sauce, mm. which I've never seen before, but seems to be a thing. Yep. I usually would just get like chipotle peppers and just kind of cut one chipotle pepper and put it in uh, along with, you know, a spoon of, of the, the sauce that goes in there. Um, I love that flavor, but they didn't have it at the store. They just had chipotle sauce. So I got that and it, it gives it the flavor, not quite so spicy. So mm-hmm. I think that's good. I, I, you know, I just wanted to make sure that I didn't get too spicy with the chili because you can always add more spice to your chili. So it's better to go that route than having to try to take it out because you can't. Once you have a big pot of chili, if it's too hot, then you know you're going to be eating too hot chili for a long time. Yep. And if your kid won't eat it, then you got to eat more chili. Yep. You can't please everybody. No. Nope. So so, dumb it down a little bit, and then you can elevate it yourself. A little exactly. Bit later. And there's nothing wrong with putting some hot sauce in it. Uh, Billy Gibbons would agree. He actually has made his own hot sauce now. Oh, do you yeah. know the name of it? It's called Whisker Bomb. <laughs> And you get you and you can get it at the, there's a bunch of Texas a bunch of Texas grocery stores. I'm gonna order that. Yeah, you can order it. Okay. It's online. Okay. Yeah, uh, but his attitude is he doesn't he doesn't like his food too spicy. Oh, he right. likes you know he wants to taste the flavor. He said at one point in time he was he was into like you know crazy spiciness, but you know in his older age uh, you know he just wants to taste what he's eating. He's got that acid reflux now. Does yeah, they all do. <laughs> do you know what the Billy Gibbons diet is? You know, because he he got fat and then he lost some weight. Oh, he got fat? I would have never imagined years that ago fat. he got fat. Oh he went into diet. What's the Billy Gibbons diet? Billy Gibbons diet is whatever you're eating, eat half of it. <laughs> so he orders a cheeseburger, eats half the cheeseburger. He's not a fool. He's a smart he, man. He he opens up a beer, drinks half the beer, mm. throws the rest away. If he wants another beer, he go opens up another beer. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> Well, I guess it if, worked. If, He's so skinny. If one of your albums went diamond, for sure, you can throw half a beer away or half oh, a hamburger yeah. away. No, yeah. no problem. There, there, I mean, he has his own tour bus. 
the 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 reason that that ZZ Top has gotten along so well all these years is each one is on their own tour bus. So they say that that's the secret to their success of of because then they show up to the next city and they're happy to see each other. Like, oh hey, <laughs> when did you get here, Frank? Good to see you, buddy. Want to play some music later? So okay, back to the chili. Back to the chili. You put the spices and the sweetness and the bitterness in. Yeah, all that's in. Um, and then you start putting in. Uh, well, I I felt it was necessary to put in some beer, so I put in a can of beer. Um, oh, it's a good choice. Yep, yeah, absolutely, definitely. Uh, I also put in about uh, two cups of bone broth. Um, uh, I've never really worked with bone broth, so I was thinking in my head, this is going to be my beef broth, and then I tasted it, and it doesn't taste like beef broth. Was it? Beef bone broth? Or it's beef chicken? bone broth, okay. but it's got it's a different flavor. Beef bone broth. Beef bone broth. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Try to say that yeah. twice. Beef bro- beef. So anyways, I got that. <laughs> I put that in, and uh, and then I didn't think it tasted beefy enough, so then I, I just put some like bouillon beef flavoring in, Good. in as well. Mix that sucker up, put in a can of your, like a 28-ounce 28, 28 can of your stewed tomatoes or your... I get like I usually use those Italian, you know, whole Roma tomatoes and put that in, smoosh that up. I put in a half a can of tomato paste. And then as it starts cooking, I put in a little bit of flour. Now what I did is the flour is is going to bind all of the grease because this ends up being kind of a fatty, greasy meal. So you get some flour and how much flour? I put in two tablespoons of flour and mixed it with some water on the side. This is my little trick when I'm making gravy um, because that's essentially what gravy is, is, is you you dissolve flour inside of water or milk, depending on you're not going to do milk for this one. But I put it inside of a martini shaker. Oh, really? And I mix it in the martini shaker, and then I open it up, and, and uh, you know you take the top off, and the, the thing that's supposed to strain the ice also strains off the big chunks of flour. So you take that, and then you just pour that in. And that's just all-purpose flour. All-purpose flour. You could also use like a cornstarch. I didn't want a chance at getting too thick, so mm-hmm. I just went with flour. Um, the most important thing is you're going to get something that's going to bind to the fat, and it's going to create a thicker texture to your meat, and then you're not going to have like pools of, of grease and fat. So, yeah, that's essentially it. Then I cooked it for about about three hours uh, so that the meats could could boil down as much as they could. And then voila, on top, I put a piece of that cornbread I was telling you about, and then a couple of dollops of uh, of Greek yogurt in in replacement of, of your sour cream. Watching that weight. I'm watching that weight, you're getting no, those you're probiotics. No, you're no Billy Gibbs. Nope, not yet. Not yet. <laughs> <laughs> keep it that way. And uh, yeah, then you've got a really super tasty chili. Yeah, it's very good. Yeah. The meat is very tender, and it's very flavorful. You could probably throw some... Uh, Cheddar cheese on here also. Cheddar cheese would be great. Or you could put like some cilantro on top of here. Oh, yeah. Or take it, make it even more Tex-Mexier. And, um, but yeah. And of course, you know, some hot sauce of your liking. And um, yeah, it's super good. Then you, you've got food for the next three days. <laughs> and you can even freeze it too if you wanted to. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we're eating this chili on a hot day. And, and if, if it were any other circumstance i would certainly be making this chili on a cold day mm-hmm. but we have to honor the great the great dusty hill exactly uh, and yeah. then we we need to get into this chili we do more. need to get into this chili um i don't know maybe we should call it so we could just eat this bowl of chili because it's getting cold i'm ready all right sounds good so yeah r.i.p D- dusty hill yes r.i.p dusty hill thanks for 
all the work that you did and making rock and roll music for all those all these years and making Texas a, a notable place, which you know it didn't didn't need ZZ Top to be a notable place. Didn't hurt either. It didn't hurt though. Great Texan, great man. Yeah, Texas is great. Have you been to Texas? Yeah, I love Texas. I love Texas. So cheers to Texas. Cheers to ZZ Top. R.I.P. Dusty Hill. Enjoy your chili. We'll see you next time. Ciao. Easy top, three meat chili. It makes sense, I think, right? Uh, it's too bad we didn't do Tex-Mex. We made an awesome chili, so that's always a good thing. I mean, what would you do in this situation? What food do you think ZZ Top is? Either way, I think I think we did right by the band. I think Dusty would have enjoyed our chili. I'm sure Billy F. Gibbons would have loved it. I'm sure Dusty Hill would love it. I'm sure Frank Beard would eat it. Yeah, we did good. All right. The music you heard in between was from my band, The Hometown Sweethearts, no longer performing regularly since our bass player moved to Australia and I moved to New York City. But you can buy the CD on our website, also available on Spotify. Check out the merch store. We've got stuff to sell. It's at uh, www.thisbankcouldbeyourfood.com. Of course, up there you've got your merch for sale, the recipes that we do on the show. Soon we'll do like one of those members-only deals. It's going to be great. I got some records, got some CDs, all that stuff. Next week's episode will be with my buddy Alan and Oscar from the band New York's Finest, a New York City-based police tribute band, and we are going to discuss the police. It's been a long time coming, so tune in next week. Until then, I've been your captain, Nathan Palin, saying thanks for tuning in to This Band Could Be Your Food. Cook on and rock out. Ciao, ciao.